When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, Kulays. Welcome to Barca Talk. I'm your host, Gabriel Quiroga, here in the Spanish capital. In today's episode, we have a group chat discussion to talk about FC Barcelona's 2021. The three people I chose are, first, Jose Moratay of the Los Angeles Peña. Uh, second is Adrian Bilatowski, who's basically FC Barcelona entrepreneur, as I like to call him. And third is Keegan Au, who's part of our Patreon community. Now, one of the great things I have really enjoyed, and maybe I didn't realize I was going to enjoy as much, was meeting so many FC Barcelona fans outside of my bubble, uh, either online or in person. Now, I have had the chance to meet Jose and Adrian both in person. Jose, I met two years ago when Brian and I did our Barca Talk in Barcelona show. And Jose and I really had a great time. Uh, those days, we walked around the city. Uh, we had some beers before the match. We went to the match together. Uh, he got us tickets, too, as well, which was awesome. And again, the whole experience of that day, especially, you know, uh, you know, walking around with Jose and meeting up with Brian and everything was great. But again, it was just really awesome to meet someone who had similar background as me. We both uh, have El Salvadorian roots, so that was great. And just to kind of meet an outside FC Barcelona fan, I would have never met Jose ever because we're just, you know, from different parts of the world, essentially. And it was just great to meet him in person. Another person is Adrian. Adrian, uh, we've been talking online for a while. Uh, I would say maybe even four years from the get-go. And I just met Adrian in person last October when I was in Barcelona. And like I said, Adrian is a Barca entrepreneur. He has, get this, a Camp No tour that he does for people. Uh, he has a podcast in Polish about FC Barcelona. He is a soci, so he goes to I would say 95% of the matches. And also he has an Instagram page where he shares those photos from the Camp Nou and his uh, Barca experience, which is great. You can definitely uh, give him a follow. Uh, his handle is in the show notes, so please give him a follow. And the last person is Keegan. Keegan is part of our Patreon community. Like I said, he's based in Canada, and he's been really uh, – you know, active in our in our community, and it's been it was great to virtually meet him, and he had some great insight in our group discussion. This will be the last episode of the season. Uh, Barca plays Sevilla this week, but we will do a uh, summary of that match for our Barca Talk Cafe for our patrons. So, if you want more Barca content from Spain, consider joining. It's only five dollars a month. Uh, we have a really cool WhatsApp community, and also uh, we do the extra episodes on Friday, so it's really cool. Last thing, I uh, hope everyone is staying safe. I know 
you know, here in Spain, we have this sixth wave going on. I uh, just hope everyone is going to stay safe and have a good holiday and Christmas uh, with their family and friends. After the break, we have our group discussion and talk about FC Barcelona's 2021. So here's our, I guess, first annual, I guess we'll try to do this, a group chat discussion. I brought in some people that get their opinions about uh, the season that was FC Barcelona 2020-21. First, we have Jose. He is one of the co-founders of the Los Angeles Peña. Jose, long time no see. How are you doing, buddy? Pretty good, man. Thanks. Uh, Nice to see you again. Nice to talk to you again. It's been a minute, but uh, I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Yeah, I'm curious to get your opinions in a minute. And next we have Adrian. Adrian, uh, I call you kind of like the FC Barcelona entrepreneur because you have so many uh, fingers in the pot. You have tours, you have a <laughs> podcast, you have your Instagram account with all those great photos. Adrian, how are you doing? Yes, thanks. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good name. I also am a, I'm a president of a Peña. Peña Blogger. See, there you go. See, more more information <laughs> for us. This is like everything else. One, one more last, thing to yeah. mention. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and thanks, last, I'm good. I'm good. And last, we have Keegan. Keegan is part of our Patreon community. I've made a call to action to our community. Keegan's been part of that. So, Keegan, good to see your face finally, because I know we've been in our WhatsApp group talking a lot, but it's good for you to join us in this group chat. It's great. Uh, thanks. Thanks for having me, uh, Gabriel. It's great to see some of your faces. And uh, thanks for welcoming. Thanks for putting out the call, actually. It's, uh, it's great that you've had some patrons on. Yeah, for sure. And so the first thing I want to talk about, let's talk about last night's game against LJ. Uh, Adrian was at the game, so I'm going to ask his opinion first about just kind of the environment last night and the feeling of the game. But I, I thought last night's game was a very good microcosm of what we're going to expect under Xavi's tenure with this team. A lot of excitement, a lot of up and downs, a lot of defensive lapses. But ultimately, we're going to be able to get either a tie or a win. Adrian, how was the Camp No last night? And more importantly, how did everyone kind of celebrate Nico's goal? Well, uh, Camp No was actually pretty empty, I must say. There were only 41,000 people, something. Um, so, but, but we didn't feel it. I, I think it was pretty loud. Uh, for the most, most, most game, most part of the game, it was pretty loud. So people were actually... Uh, excited, I think, about the game, especially the first part when when we started. Uh, the the level of the game, uh, I have to say, was one of the best we've seen in uh, in weeks. Uh, so uh, it's it's easier to to cheer for the uh, for the for the team. But even uh, after in the second half, uh, when we went to two, people still still were were trying to uh, cheer for 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 the team and and the camp now was pretty loud so i have to say it was it was pretty pretty fun uh, also it's christmas it's a, it's nice atmosphere here in barcelona so uh i always like those games yeah i mean i think you know, especially last night, uh, just watching the match on TV, the feeling was excitement, you know, like we could do this, you know, and I and I think it's definitely a 180 from what it was in September. Jose, I know you were with your Pena watching this match. How was the feeling watching this match? And especially, you know, this, the three points ultimately were super important. You know, how was the reaction in your Pena watching this match uh, against Elche? Oh, uh, it was, uh, how can I say, it was kind of a little bit torn, you know, like the First half, you get all this excitement, like everything is going the way it's supposed to be going. And all of a sudden, you know, you feel like you just got punched in the gut, you know, 
Like, <laughs> what just happened? You know, like two goals, like really, literally back to back, and everybody was stunned. Like, here we go again. You know, like we're blowing another lead. We're gonna, like, what are we gonna do now? You know, who's who are we gonna put from the bench? You know, everybody's like, oh, Pucatino. He's like, mm, I don't know. You know, it's like, <laughs> then who we have? We literally, you know, it's like, you're just guessing. But uh, overall, I mean, our guys, you know, they know they're, you know, they know we're playing with young players. So this is kind of like expected, but excitement at the end, obviously, you know, getting that goal, you know, the last minute goal. So it's rough watching it sometimes, but <laughs> but it's fun at the same time. I mean, I definitely think, especially since Xavi took over, there's definitely more of a, a direction of where we're headed. And this is what's going to be the matches. I mean, it's just going to be a lot of roller coaster of emotions. Uh, the one thing I look at yesterday against Elche is just the way that we were able to get those two quick goals, but also from the midfield. Um, Keegan, what were your kind of thoughts about, you know, especially Gavi's wonder goal yesterday that was just a golasso going coast to coast, essentially, through the midfield? And a couple of times yesterday, Gavi just had some magnificent turns uh, in the midfield. What are your kind of overall impressions about Gavi's performance last night against Elche? Yeah, um, Gavi is just one of the players that, really truly excites me right now um i just find him to be just full of energy full of grit um not afraid to get sort of his hands dirty and to get in there and dig for the ball he's one that never gives up and and yesterday's performance was just something that again really sort of excited me a lot of a lot of times i found myself particularly through the beginning of the season almost sort of getting up from the couch and going doing something in the kitchen, just keep having the game on the background so I don't get too annoyed. <laughs> and, uh, but it, you know, just to distract myself more or less from what's going on in the field sometimes. But, uh, but yesterday I was completely enthralled all some beautiful runs some beautiful through balls and, and Gavi in particular was, uh, was just, you know, just a joy to watch, you know? Yeah. And, you know, we're closing off the season. We have a match on Tuesday in Sevilla, but again, it's, it's, I feel like every time the fitness is getting better with the team and again, I think the one of the biggest drawbacks of the season going forward is going to be the defense. Adrian, I mean, what can we do with the defense? Is it, I mean, you know, last night we were in a three-back system again, and again, we still have these lapses, especially on dead balls and on counters. Is there anything that you would like to see Chavi implement a little bit more on defense, or is this just what, what it's, the season's going to be for the rest of the season? I have to quote the great Ronald Koeman and say, and look, I... <laughs> It is what it is. Uh, <laughs> unless you're gonna clone Ronald Araujo, uh, yeah. you're not gonna uh, get better. I mean, I still have hopes for uh, Eric Garcia to to uh, reach the next level, to to become a, a a player that we want him to become. But at the moment, uh, he still uh, commits a, a lot of mistakes. Uh, he he can have a really good. Uh, intervention like a good play and then the next play you see him uh, do something really uh, really basic uh, so I'm not gonna mention uh, Clement Lengle <laughs> or Umtiti especially Umtiti is, is finished uh, so yeah it's gonna be tough it's gonna be tough I mean even uh, Oscar Mingaza that we kind of liked uh, he was he was okay he was like a, you know maybe not a starter but a good uh, role player he was quite horrible this season. So, um, yeah, uh, definitely uh, it's good to have Jordi Alba back. 
I mean, even if uh, he makes uh, some mistakes as well, uh, then at least we have this uh, drive forward. And uh, we, I think we're going to, once once he leaves Barcelona, we're going to miss him. Yes, I, th- I, I think we are going to miss him. But one of the things that drives me crazy still is his crossing. I just, his blind crossing that he does. I, I just want him to look up and just find someone. Um, but yes, I mean, he's our best option right now at left back, bar none. So uh, he is going to be driving that left wing. You know, for, again, yesterday, Jose, last night when I was watching the match, uh, just seeing Ferran, you know, getting his start and the goal, I thought he was, he knew what to do right away. And I think that is key, uh, especially if we're talking in comparison to Memphis that we, I, you know, I don't know how you feel in your Pena, but here in our in our Patreon group, we get so frustrated with Memphis. Uh, do you think Ferran is a better option than Memphis going forward? That's funny you mentioned it. That's what we discussed yesterday with, you know, with our members, it's like, I mean, you continue playing, you know, like that. I mean, this kid might just take his spot, you know? Yeah. Like, he's moving better, obviously, you know, like somebody that is know our system a little bit more than Memphis. And again, I mean, there's some type of players that might feel not the, that they cannot play with this type of pressure, you know, that you come to yeah. this big team, even though that obviously right now we're not in our best moments. But just the name Barcelona alone, you know, it plays a lot in your mind. Uh, perfect example, Coutinho, you know, he never was able to adapt. The player is great. You just mean, obviously, we didn't put it in the right position at the beginning and get frustrated and so, but this kid, again, playing from, you know, from the youth, uh, from the B team and stuff and knowing already the system, it makes it easy for him to adapt and especially playing with Gabby, Nico, knowing that, you know, what they're supposed to be doing and where it's supposed to be standing. I mean, I think it was, you know, a big sign in the first 20 minutes how, you know, attacking minded we were with the midfield. And also, Ferran just didn't get in the way of those players, you know, whereas I think Memphis gets in the way of those players. So maybe there is something to that, you know. Um, Again, he's not the sexy pick, right, like Memphis is with the signing. But again, it's about results and goals. And just in like the first half, two goals, you know, compared to what we had with Memphis before was definitely eye-opening. I mean, Obviously, it was a up and down game with Elche in the second half, but we ultimately got those three points. Well, I think that's enough. Keegan, you have anything else to add about your impressions about last night's match before we move on to kind of just the year in review of FC Barcelona? I mean, I agree with that. Uh, just on that last comment about Memphis, Memphis has started the season very strong in the first couple of games, and uh, I wasn't super optimistic about his his uh, joining the club. But uh, when when he put in a couple of, you know, key moments for us in in the early part of the season I was very optimistic um, but obviously is showing in the last uh, last part of the last part of the season here has has not been great um, and perhaps having somebody else to rotate in may give him a little bit of a drive so that when he gets on the field when he gets on the pitch he has to show results I mean our number nine or someone who needs to be in the middle of the pitch he they have to show results and uh, if he's not able to do that then um, you know, maybe having somebody else in that rotation may be the push that he needs. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. And that's the thing is, I think Xavi needs to find the rhythm with Memphis because, again, Memphis in this system needs to click with the midfield because he is our most dangerous uh, goal scorer, but he's just not converting. So that's something that Xavi has to look into for the for after the break. And so we'll see that. But let's get in kind of, I'm, I'm interested to get your opinions. You know, I've been 
you know, speaking my mind in the last three months about all these things. So I was curious, you know, that's why I brought you guys on because I wanted to hear outside of Spain uh, and also just outside of my bubble, you know, especially when we, when I talk to Adrian here about this. But first, I just want to get your feeling about Laporta's second tenure. Uh, Adrian, what what has your feeling been so far with his second tenure? Are, are you still on board? Are you still kind of on the fence about it? How are you feeling so far? Well, I voted yes in the Aspire Barca referendum today. So I, I guess I'm still on board, <laughs> more or less. <laughs> I, I have my issues with him. Uh, obviously, the the biggest one is, is the whole Messi uh, thing. And uh, <laughs> Messi's exit is something that... Uh, Basically, from this point on, I don't really trust Laporta uh, like I used to. So this is my big issue with him. Uh, it's really hard to, to earn trust. It's very easy to lose it, as we all know. I, I'm still not 100% sure if he really has a plan. Uh, I, I guess we'll have to wait uh, a little bit. So far, it seems that he doesn't. I mean, to me at least. And uh, whatever he does is basically... Uh, improvising so uh, I, I will be looking uh, uh, directly at, at from this angle at, at his uh, tenure and uh, we'll see I mean now uh, we'll we'll see how how the things go with the CVC deal will be very important for the club yeah and we'll see if we get can get it actually uh, negotiated if it's going to be a good deal or not and what kind of players uh, can we actually sign? Maybe this winter, maybe uh, maybe in the summer. Um, let's let's still have some uh, some hope that uh, he he's gonna be the the Laporta that we actually expected him to be. Yeah, I think that those are two great points, right? I think with the whole messy thing, I think if he just had communicated that, I think earlier, I think he would have, you know tempered our expectations about the resigning and the the dismissal of Messi leaving. And the other thing too is with the plan. Like I just sometimes, you know, especially the way uh Kuman stayed and Chavi came in with the whole situation with that, I just feel it's very reactionary. So uh Jose, what what about you? How are you and your fellow uh Pena members feeling about uh Laporta's tenure so far? I feel a little bit of a I'm gonna say turn because he knew more or less where he was coming into, you know, for his second term. But I think he definitely got a reality check once he got the audit, you know, results. And just that alone, you know, and then on top of that, you add Messi's departure. And to me, a little bit going, oh, a little bit going with uh, Adrian, that, uh, you know, that I don't know if he ever has like a plan coming into the, you know, to his second term. And... I I've, I lost a little bit of trust. A couple of members feel the same way. They're talking about the same thing. You know, they're they're hurt because you know Messi's departure. Me personally, uh, I just don't like that he's aligning with Florentino or whatever mm-hmm. Superliga they you know they're planning to do. Realistically, I'm, you know, I talked to my brother. You know, one of my brothers in law, he's a Madrid fan, and I'm like, that's not gonna happen. You know, that's it's a dream. You know, and then. Laporte is putting all the chips on that, you know, and to me, it's like, what for, you know, like, I mean, you aligning with the rival, with a guy that we know is, I don't know, it's not trust, trustable. One thing, I mean, he came in the first term, he came with a situation similar to this. The club was bad, 
and he made it, you know, succeed eventually. Took a while, but he did it. So that's what I'm going for. Like, if he did it once, he can do it again. But so far, I'm not liking it kind of what he's doing, but give me the benefit yeah, I mean, of the doubt. Yeah, I, I totally understand. And I again, I the thing for me, like, for example, when I was looking at the candidates, that's why I liked Font a little bit stronger, just because I felt like he had a stronger real plan, right? And that's the thing. Now, obviously, Laporta is just a really good politician. He knows how to maneuver the vote and the popularity. Like, he's just really good at that. And that's a good quality to have in a president. But also, you need someone to be, you know, executing this plan. Keegan, what about you? How about you? How are you feeling in Laporta's second tenure? Um, Are you still confident, half confident? Are you still kind of watching with one eye? How how are you feeling? I think, you know, I'm, I'm watching carefully. Um, I don't, I mean, you said it, Laporta is a politician, right? He has to be a president, um, with, which means he had, the goals are to get results, but also to get, um, to guide the club in the correct direction. And, um, and I guess that's true of many politicians that have a, a degree of power. And, and for that reason, I don't really envy them because they have to both play the public relations game, but also. Uh, try to achieve results. And sometimes these things don't align, you know? Um, so even um, basically I'm, I, I'm, I'm hesitant to be too critical of, of, of everything that's, uh, that's going on here with, with Laporta. I think uh, recognizing that he's come in, in a, at a time when the, the club is, uh, you know, financially in a very, very poor state um, and uh, having a little patience uh, I think he had to deal with the way, I mean, I know that it would have been nice for him to show his cards with respect to Messi, but at the same time, I think, you know, for public support, he had to, for public and for the fan support, he had to come across as if Messi's re-signing was going to be one of his priorities, even though he probably realized, I mean, as any politician comes into power, he probably has a degree of plan, has a has a, has an element of prediction as to how things are going to roll. He probably knew that it it was going to be very unlikely to be able to resign him. Um, And sometimes just being completely forthcoming with information is just not, just not really possible, you know, um, in, in sort of what he has for his vision to, to go forward. Um, So I think, you know, I guess to summarize, I'm, I'm being patient with the whole situation. Yeah. I think that's what we can do. And again, this is goes down to the whole thing. What's better, uh, you know, having a voting process where we have to vote the president or a dictator, right? Because, you know, when there's a dictator in there, the roads work, you know, and you know who to blame, right? So I always look at like the EPL model with owners, you know, they get things done quicker, but you can't take them out, right? And yes, you know, the FCB uh, voting system is great in theory, but we can see sometimes some of the faults that happens. Like you said, uh, Laporta is just a really good politician and, you know, we can sometimes, you know, he's out there kissing babies and shaking hands when he should be maybe uh, finalizing deals and just making stuff work better for FC Barcelona. All right. Well, let's get to the next question. Uh, we'll start with you, Keegan, with this one. What is the best moment for you for the season for FC Barcelona this past year? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, <laughs> I, <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I do think, though, that we have some moments to pick from. Um, and um, but but for me, I think it was Fati's goal. Um, and uh, his his celebration, um, and uh, I mean the whole and the celebration of the whole team around him. I guess you know. I mean that was quite an amazing moment for him to score in that first game back, and 
the way he, you know, sort of rushed to the, um, to the surgeon in the stands and, and sort of, you know, shook his hand and they gave him a big hug and, and, you know, how grateful, like his first reaction was to be grateful. Um, and I think that for me, one of the reasons uh, why I support this club is, is that, you know, the club has values um, and, you know, supports and has developed these, these kids from a very young age. And even though they're sort of pulled from their childhood homes there uh, to, to st- study and, and to learn to play uh, football and at La Masia, uh, at the, the kids are still getting values and that um, they're able to celebrate in that manner, you know, and, and, and just the, the way that the team rallied around him after, after that goal. I mean, that was, you know, for me, uh, the moment that, that made me feel the best um, at the, in this season so far. All right. I think that's a great one. I think that's a great one. Cause that was also kind of like a turning point uh, in the fall as well as like there was hope, you know, back and also the way he was able to contribute there. Uh, Adrian, what about you? What is your best FC Barcelona moment for 2021? Obviously Ansu's goal was uh, very exciting and uh, I was lucky to be there and, and see him. I'm a huge Ansu fan, but to me, um, uh, I would say uh, the elections uh, on in March, uh, when the whole saga uh, ended, uh, actually the whole uh, Bartoroseismo ended, finally, the whole Tuskets thing, you know, with the president that's not actually the president, but yeah, he's yeah. doing some work <laughs> like a president, so... It was so tiring. Just I wanted them all, all of them out, and um, wanted them to, I mean, the new board to to start over again, and start uh, cleaning up the the mess that they left. Uh, so uh, this is one moment. The other one uh, has to be Alexia Puteas and Pedri winning uh, Ballon d'Ors. Uh, I mean, Golden Boy and uh, Ballon d'Or. Yeah, really exciting times for Barça Femeni. The first team is, is what it is, but uh, the Femini team is just amazing, and and we Correct. we have to uh, we have to talk about it because it's not normal what what they do, they they scoring uh, you know they winning the triplete they they scoring like uh, now they have hundred goals in twenty games that's just not normal in any sport yeah like, yeah what they do that's a great that's a great point you're right like I, my two moments and I'll piggyback on you you kind of just took my things was when Kuman got fired because for me that was the last thing of Bartomeu still holding on to this team. So that for me is the, one of the best moments because to me that was when it was finally uh, going to change for the better just in you know coaching, physio, all these things with Xavi coming in. Uh, again, as I've said in the in the past couple of weeks, I think this move should have been done in the fall, obviously, you know, before the season started. Uh, the other one, obviously, is the Femini. For me, the Femini winning the tripleta, another great moment for this club, but also the direction that they're taking the women's game is awesome. Uh, obviously, they established uh, a La Masia for women now. And also, like you said, that's just a crazy stat, 100 goals in 20 games, but also allowing like four, you know, that's the other crazy stat. So they are definitely dominating the women's game. Uh, for sure. Uh, Jose, what about you? What is the best moment of 2021 for you? Did you guys read my notes? That's what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, uh, I agree with all of you, you know, but uh, first, I mean, for us and for myself too, it's uh, the feminine. I mean, like, it's guy, like you guys said, they did the treble and uh, proof of that for us is that us as a Peña, uh, we took the decision to honor them and uh, the scarf this year for them. It was literally nice. for for our girls, for our ladies. You know, we showed them, uh, you know, the Visca Femini. We showed the treble in our scarf. 
in honor of them. I mean, that was part of the season, you know, one of the best moments for us. Uh, another one for me personally will be when Kuman left. Just for the fact, I mean, he should be sacked after the season, you know, the last season in summer, we yeah. should start from scratch. Going for with whoever, so whatever the coach may be, it doesn't matter, interim, could be Pimienta, it could be somebody else, I don't care, but not him, just for the fact that he was not taking us anywhere, you know? I mean, yeah, he might give the chance to maybe Pedri and other young players to uh, to play, but let's be honest, I mean, some of them they play because they got injured, not because yeah. Kuman really, like, went to the B team games and watched them and, like, said, all right, you know what, you get the opportunity to play. So, I mean, yeah, it, it, it was good, but, I mean, he was not taking us elsewhere, anywhere, sorry, and uh, him being fired, I mean, it was good late, but the best time to do, the best thing to do at the moment. Yeah, I totally agree. I like I said for me that was just kind of the last thing of Bartomeu just holding on to this club especially with Kuman still there even though, you know, they're not really uh friends or anything like that, but it's just that idea, right? And like I said, I've been clamoring uh that I wanted Chavi to get the opportunity at the beginning of the season just to have a full preseason. And again, you know, this goes into the next question that we're going to ask is the biggest disappointment, you know, for me the biggest disappointment obviously is not making the Champions League. Uh just understanding how important it was. I did, that's why I think Laporta just didn't have a plan because, you know, he could have analyzed this at the beginning and said, could Kuman really get us out of the group stage? Like that is something we need to look at with all the money implications. So for me, the biggest disappointment is not analyzing and realizing how important it was and also just not qualifying for the Champions League because now we're in the Europa League. You know, we were joking around in our in our Patreon group like, what does that song even sound like? Like, I never watched the Europa League. So, unfortunately, I mean, I love football, but it really needs me to get me a good matchup to watch Europa League. So, uh, we'll start with Jose. Jose, what, what has been the biggest disappointment for 2021 for you? I mean, you know, we, we know there's going to be a lot here. So, we'll just pick one for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, I think my jury is going to be probably the, the not making to the Champions League knockout stage. I think, obviously, that one, it's, it's a tough one to you know to swallow, you know mm-hmm. you're expecting to do that at least. Uh, but to me, I mean, I'm just gonna say you know Messi departure not able to control it. like you said, Piggy, back what you said you know Laporta not having a backup plan that tells you right there that he was not he was not ready in terms of like to have something like a plan a program that you know like take you you know with the right perspective. Uh, yes, uh, Font had the best program in, on paper and everything. But what happened when pretty much Laporta decided to show up? What did Fon do? Did he continue talking about his program and so? No, he just started attacking, you know, Laporta. So yeah. I'm wondering what he would have done now that with the real problems, you know, now that you're sitting on the chair handling all these situations. To me, those two things like not making the uh, the playoffs in Champions and Messi's departure. It's a huge blow for us. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Keegan. What about you? Biggest disappointment of twenty twenty one? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, <laughs> do I just get to pick one? I mean, um, yeah, just pick one because yeah, we yeah, only pick one. Yeah, just pick one. To be honest, um, yeah, there's 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 so many like like Messi. That's, you know, one big one that's really impacted this season, though. I think is again, I'm going to bring up Ansu, uh, but his his. The fact that he was only in for a short period and then has been out again. When he went down, I mean, that sort of, I think most Kool-Aid's hearts really, really dropped at sure. that moment. Um, so that was a big disappointment. Um, and, 
yeah, so I'll, I'll just leave it at that. I know you, you guys have some more, more things. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, with that, I'm including, I would just also include the physio because, you know, it's not something that just happened in the last three months. It's something that's been happening in the last, you know, couple seasons with the, when I look at it is the inability to estimate returns on time, you know, like if you are a physio, you have experience, you look at the, you look at the graphs, you look at the x-rays, the, what, you know, everything, right. And you're able to estimate and you're supposed to, I mean, you're, you're the, sir, you're a doctor, right. You're a doctor, Keegan. So like having this information, you're able to estimate, right. But also you're not going to give like, Hey, you're going to be back in three days, but also give a proper estimate. And it feels like every time uh, they're completely off base and completely wrong. So you're perfect for this. Give, give me your impressions on that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I guess probably my biggest disappointment was that moment, but it's sort of a bigger reflection on the whole, I don't want to say medical system, because I guess it just has so many moving parts, right? There's not just the, you know, the surgical team, but then there's mm-hmm. the the um, the physio, there's the, the trainers that have to, you know, I guess train players in, in the right, right manner so that physiologically they're ready for this high-level competition. And it just... Um, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire and there's been sure. so many injuries. I mean, I mean, Dem- even Dembele aside, I mean, there's just so much that's sort of pointing a finger at that aspect of the club that um, it, it just can't be just just the surgical management. It can't just be uh, that players aren't fit. There has to be some other um, some other element to this that's uh um, that is sort of just being mismanaged at that level. So I think, you know, uh, the number of injuries has simply been, and that's one of the reasons why this season, ha- even the little chance that they had to sort of pull into a top four spot has been really hampered by the level of injuries. And and I, I, I don't want to say um, it, incompetence, but um, maybe that's what it is, you know? I mean, there, like you said, there's a lot of moving parts. And like, for example, in your sector, you know, you have X amount of years of experience. So, you know, what recovery time is for a certain type of patient and all that stuff. And so you're estimating that way. And I feel like, like you said, maybe there's just too many moving parts and they're just not synced up. And that happens a lot of times in, in pro sports, you know, in pro football and pro basketball where they're just not aligned, right? You just have a lot of things going on. Adrian, finish us off your biggest disappointment. To me, obviously it was the messy thing. Uh, messy living uh, left me quite heartbroken. I must say, I mean, not just the way because it, it, we all know what what Messi means to the club, and that he's the best club in the uh, the best player in the club's history, probably the best footballer ever. I mean, for us it's obvious. For other people, maybe not quite, but uh, to us there is no no uh, no no other uh, player that can even reach uh, be be close. I mean, he nearly scored seven hundred goals. I mean, yeah. how crazy is that? Just yeah. ninety one goals in you know in a year. That's just and you let. This this legend that grew up here, you know, since he was 13, you let him go. And the way he left, it was just so sad. I mean, he was obviously heartbroken too because it's his home. Uh, he spent more time here in Barcelona than he did in Argentina, although he still played for Argentina, right? His whole family was heartbroken. And yeah. to give him like a press conference... And some pictures, not even on the Camp Nou uh, grass, yeah. but uh, like in the corridor. I mean, it was just so bad. I mean, we, I, I felt like we were Real Madrid you know? <laughs> uh, when they, yeah, when yeah. they gave the, the goodbyes to Casillas. Uh, to yeah. Casillas or yeah. Raul, you know? 
remember those things. So um, this is just not the way that, that it was supposed to go. I mean, look at uh, the farewell Iniesta or Xavi had. I mean, it, it should have been something like that, but just, you know, two times more and better and yeah. bigger. Because the whole Barcelona should be celebrating that, that, that he actually, we, we, we had him here. Not that he's leaving, but, but uh, that he, we, we were so lucky to have him here. So, yeah. This is definitely the, the the worst moment for me. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, if I would have told you a year ago that uh, Messi would be taking pictures on Instagram with Sergio Ramos, you would have flipped out. And now here they are on Instagram, best friends forever, essentially. I still can't get over that. Uh, we have a couple questions left. Keegan, did you have a last thing about uh, the surgery and the physio team? You wanted to say something? No, that's, uh, that, that was okay. it, actually. Appreciate it. Thank okay. you. Okay, no problem. Uh, just a couple questions left, and we'll kind of make it go quick. So uh, let's start with Keegan. How are you feeling so far about Chavi's tenure? Are you you're on board? I take. It. I think we're all kind of on board. But give me some of your your yeah. your high points about this. I mean, um, I again, it's it's something that I'm patient with. I think you have to realize the cards he's been dealt here, the number of injuries he's dealing with. Um, there's been certainly moments of brilliance that we've seen on the pitch, and um, I think. You know some of the things that we we all agree as as Kool Aids that probably need to be um, improved on are you know things like fitness and and that doesn't happen overnight. You know, I mean, if he's going to make big changes, um, you know, like I said, is that in the first half of a lot of these games since since Xavi's taken over, they've looked really good, and maybe it's just that they can't sustain it. And and some of these changes are going to have have to happen slowly. Um, and we're not going to we might see. 45 or, or 60 minutes of good football um, and then have a few moments like in that, in that game on Sunday or on, uh, yesterday that, uh, that where they've really had major lapses in defense. But then they came on, they sort of picked up. I mean, one of our, com- one of our other patrons in, in the community made a comment on the chat that, you know, at least they showed that they could pick themselves up again and go, you know. So I, I think that, you know, I'm, I'm very optimistic, to be honest. Yeah, I think those are good points. Now, I'm going to get to the most important question because this is one of the most important questions that I've talked about with Craig in the previous podcast and our chat, and it revolves around Dembele. So I'm going to start with Adrian. Adrian, should FCB re-sign Dembele in the upcoming season? What are your thoughts? Absolutely not. Okay. It would be a sabotage, in my opinion. It would be something Bartomeu would do. To give him, after, uh, what was it, three or four years, that he didn't actually do anything it actually cost us some really important games, like uh, with PSG or, or Liverpool in the Champions League. He was never there when we needed him. Uh, we were always there for him. And now we have problems with resigning him uh, because he. I, I think he's basically just done. I mean, he's just waiting for the 1st of January to, to sign for someone else. This is my, this is my, this was, this was my feeling since I think, uh, September probably. Uh, I was I was feeling that this this, this is the the stuff that can uh, can happen with him. Uh, also, I'm not uh, very high on him uh, as a footballer. Not even leaving aside the whole uh, injury history because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think I I feel this is something that you can fix. Like we 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 said, the the whole uh, medical department needs to be restructured. So maybe there is some way to fix him, but I don't think there is a way to fix his uh, mentality, his head. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think he will ever change. I mean, to to me, he's still the same uh, lost kid that really doesn't 
he just doesn't have this drive to, to, to become one of the great ones. I mean, he could be, obviously, the talent is there, but uh, to give him something more than like a few million, I mean, for a few million euros, maybe he could stay, but I don't think he's ever going to take it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, to me, uh, it's, it's just a very easy decision, honestly. You know, it's funny because last week I had this conversation with Craig on the podcast and I was always positive about Dembele just because about the potential, the quote unquote potential, potential, potential. And when I was speaking to him, he, he really changed my mind because when does he score goals? And that's really what he's there for, right? So, Jose, do we resign? Your yeah, thoughts? Mean, resign sorry, Dembele? Just, just one, one, yeah, more, one more thing. Even, even, even yesterday, you know? He was like uh, he was playing well when the whole team was playing well. Then he disappears when we actually needed him, and then uh, in at the end uh, he did this ridiculous Rabona thing uh, when we were up <laughs> three two. I mean, the, yeah, you, yeah. this is the kind of player you want to build your future on. Come on, no, no, yeah, 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 yeah. Jose, what do you think? Yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm with Adrian on this one. I'm gonna say no. He's if he's mentally mature, ready. He will be like Xavi said. He will be the best player for our position, for the position that he plays for us. But I don't think you know. I don't think he's ready. You know, like he's he's an injured <laughs> prone. You know, it's like yeah, yeah. you don't know what you're gonna get from him, and and you cannot gamble. This will be a huge gamble for Barcelona, and something where I mean, the, in odds, it, it, it will it's not the odds are not in our favor. More than any time where Barcelona has to be the most physically responsible, this is the moment, right? Because statistically, if you look at his data, his analytics and so forth, it just you cannot pay this guy the amount of money that he's asking for. It is irresponsible to do that. And more, most importantly, like you said, with the amount of games that he misses, does not score enough goals for me. Yes, he's very fast. But again, it's very frustrating. Keegan... Final word on this, Dembele, yes or no for you? You know what? They should just compile a highlight reel and send it <laughs> to some team that's got money to burn, okay? Uh, because Newcastle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because um, I, I agree with the other guys. All right. Well, let's finish on a positive note. You know, I always like to say uh, sometimes on the show we like to do compliment sandwiches, right? So we start off positive, go negative, then go positive. What player excites you the most besides Ansu Fati? Because I wanted to get out of that because obviously we're all very excited about Ansu. We'll start with Jose. What player are you most excited for this, you know, second half of the season and and the following season? Uh, that's easy. I think uh, majority probably might pick Gabby. You know, people that you know follow, you know, the B team and and, and know what we're getting. So to me, him, uh, but literally the whole young core that is coming up, it's excited to me. And piggyback on you know the the Shabby's, uh, how how would we feel about Xavi? Like you know, I, I think he's the perfect coach right now for our kids to be you know playing already on the first team. He's gonna mold them to perfection, and he's gonna mold them to the style of play that we do that we like to see on a weekend basis. And you know, perfect example of that is Gabi. You know, like he's the the player that he's gonna leave everything on the pitch. Something that we were missing for. I'm going to say for a couple of years, you know, like playing for playing for the colors, not playing. I'm, we're lucky enough not to have players that they were playing for themselves, 
like I'm gonna, you know, like Ronaldo, you know, you know, he plays yeah, for yeah. himself, you know. So we're lucky we don't have players like that, but you can see on the pitch that they're not playing their Selfish. heart, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. So now, Gabby, Nico, you know, Araujo, they're all showing, you know, that they love the club. They're playing not just for put their name up there, but to put actually our name up there, you know, like they they defend our calls well and. To me, I mean, the young core that is coming up for us is what I'm looking for. As I mentioned before on the podcast, I mean, you tell any top-tier club that they're going to have four to five young talents coming through their pipeline, they would flip out, right? They would be over the moon about that. Think about like Real Madrid or Liverpool or Man City. Like how many youth players do they really develop in the last couple of years that are coming through their system? We have kind of just... You know, luckily with, you know, unluckily with injury that this has happened mostly. But again, we've just kind of had these midfielders that are coming out of nowhere. Adrian, what about you? Who is the most exciting for you besides Ansu? Uh, Luke de Jong, obviously. And uh, <laughs> apart, apart from him, uh, I would say uh, Nico uh, and uh, Pedri. So Nico, I, I've been a huge fan of Nico for a while now. You probably know because we talked about it uh, and um, I think he's going to be a, a great player for us. Maybe his talent uh, is not of the extreme levels like uh, like Gavi, uh, because I agree with uh, all that Jose said about Gavi, obviously. But I I want to I want to talk about Nico, um, and uh, I, I think he's going to be a great player. He will just take longer, a bit longer to to de- develop. Uh, probably he. He will be our next Busquets. This is my hopes. Maybe not the same role in the team, but the way that he just enters the team, like through the back door, you know, uh, there's not that much hype about him. We'll see. Uh, and Pedro, because I want to see him play with, with Gavi and Nico. And I want to put pressure on, on Frankie as well, because uh, I think that uh, Frankie needs uh, this, uh, just this, this good pressure, you know, this... Um, because he, he's he's not been on this level that we wanted him to be. And maybe it will turn out that we don't actually need Frankie de Jong that much because we have those three midfielders that will uh, shape the, the Barca midfield for many years to come. So uh, this is actually something I, I, I might predict, <laughs> but we'll see. Uh, and also I, I want to see just Pedri healthy and it's just uh, such a joy. I mean, we, we forget so... so uh, so quickly, like because we we have him uh, injured now, but uh, the, everything that we felt yesterday at Camp Nou about Gavi, we we felt with Pedri when he was playing. So uh, I just want to see him, and and we didn't have really that uh, that many occasions to to see him at Camp Nou because you know with the pandemic and and, and everything. So let's have him back healthy. I think I think he's gonna be awesome playing under Xavi, you know, the greatest midfielder. I think one of the greatest midfielders ever. Yeah, it's a good point. And again, I think, uh, you know, again, we're blessed with this midfield. Keegan, what about you? Who excites you the most besides Ansu? Uh, yeah, I'm excited about all those players that uh, that Adrian and Jose have mentioned, especially uh, Gavi. So I, Gavi would be my first pick. He punches he, he punches way above his weight, um, and he's just an exciting player to watch. But so if I was to pick my next one down, um, actually, I've been really, this season, I've been really excited about Abde. His... Um, since the first couple of times he's been on the pitch, even you watch that game 
Uh, yesterday, you know, he's making such penetrating uh, runs, and uh, finally, our, our, our midfielders seem to be finding him. Uh, but his his run running pattern has changed a little bit, and and I'm just really excited to see how tenacious he is on the ball um, and how he's willing to take players on. And like you've said many times on the podcast, Gabriel, is that we need players that are going to be attacking players that are going to be direct. Um, and he's one of the most direct players I think that we've seen on the pitch, certainly coming up from the youth ranks in, 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 a, in a while, uh, besides Fatih, of course. But uh, I think so. I, I'm really excited to see him. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And again, he just needs to get his shooting under control a little bit because I think he gets a little too erratic, but I think he's definitely on the right direction. He's a player that definitely excites me. For me, I would have to say Nico. I just love uh, the tenacity that he has, the nastiness a little bit that he has that we've been kind of missing in Barcelona for a while. And I, you know, as much as I love Busquets, I would love to see an all-youth midfield. You know, for me, that really excites me, you know, to see a Pedri, uh, Frankie de Jong, Gabi, Nico as the four midfield. I mean, that to me really excites me just to see a little bit more youth burst, uh, you know, be able to track back a little bit better than Busquets. And again, Busquets still has his value, don't get me wrong, but I want to see a little bit more of the transition happening because Busquets is getting old, man. I mean, you just calculate how many games he's played in his career so far, and it's like quite a lot. It's quite a lot on those legs. So, yeah. But, yeah, again, we are very excited. I mean, that's another player. You know, Abde compared to Dembele, when you look at that, right, you invest way more into Abde because of the salary. He scores already this season just as many goals as Dembele or even more, right, with the two and one type of thing or one to one. So, again, I think those are great players to highlight. Well, guys, I think we've kind of hit all the topics I wanted to hit. I want to thank your time for your time because I know we had to coordinate this with all the different time zones, especially Jose, who's just waking up having his coffee over there in Los Angeles. But, you know, one thing I wanted to really comment before I let you guys go, you know, one of the things I've really enjoyed about the podcast is just like creating these uh, connections that we've made throughout the the years and stuff. You know, I was just commenting before uh, we got on here, Jose, when you and I were in Barcelona walking around having Kanyas. Uh, just talking about our, 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 you know, growing up in California. Adrian, we met in person in October uh, when I was able to get there in Barcelona. That was a lot of fun. We went to the Barca Cafe. And Keegan, we have not met in person, but great. You know, I'm, I'm happy to have met you here online. And it's been really great to kind of meet everyone uh, who are Barca fans from all over the world. So it's been really great to get your opinions. Guys, thanks for joining me. And we'll, we'll talk soon. Happy holidays. And yeah, Merry Christmas to you guys. Merry Christmas to you. Thanks for having us. Happy holidays and thank you for having us, man. Pleasure, as always. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.